welcome to those of you that uh, maybe this is your first time with us. We're uh, just uh, grateful to have you here and just do want to definitely say welcome. I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor and we're, uh, we're just excited to be able to gather and get together and it's great to be able to see new faces. I feel like we're seeing more new faces every single week and that's an awesome thing uh, because we are all about connecting uh, to each other. We're about connecting to Christ and community and purpose and uh, this is one of the ways that we can do that. For those of you that are watching online, we're so uh, excited for you to be able to join us online as well. But if you are able, I can't encourage you enough uh, to be able to join us here in person. Because while it is awesome that we can do Connect Church online, and I love that, and it's always going to be there. And it's super convenient for when you're out of town and all those kinds of things, or to be able to go back and watch again and all of that. It's an awesome, awesome thing. But I'll tell you what, you can't replace the in-person experience. The worship set was killer today. Um, as it has been just about every week. Um, and, and always is, we just got such an amazing group um, and, and our team and our band. Can we just thank them for a second? I just don't think we do that enough for, for our band and our worship team that leads us in worship every week. And it's just amazing uh, the way that the Holy Spirit uses um, that as just as much a part of the sermon as anything else. And so we do. We want the Holy Spirit to just move through this room today. And we're going to be talking about that in, in a little bit of a way here as we talk about freedom. And that may sound strange to you, um, but that's really the topic today is freedom. And yes, this next week is July 4th, and you're like, Jay, you're a week ahead. No, I'm not. Um, I'm not. Um, we're going to be talking about freedom today, but maybe not freedom in the way in which you're thinking from a patriotic standpoint. Um, absolutely. This is a week coming up that, that we are uh, you know, celebrating and, and all of that, and rightfully so. Um, but let me get into this, I guess, with a, with a story for you. And story slash scenario. So put yourself in this scenario. You're driving through town, um, any town that you so choose. I'll say Barberton. You're driving, because that's where I'm from. You're driving through town, and you get pulled over. And you get pulled over, and the police officer says, uh, comes up to the window, and he says, uh, excuse me, sir, ma'am. Um, you were going, whichever, um, you were going 55 in a 35, and so, uh, yeah, you broke the law. And you look at the officer, and you're like, listen, come on, man. I, I've never robbed a bank. I didn't stab anybody. I haven't murdered anyone today. Uh, I'm not a drug dealer. So, yeah, today. Um, ever. How about that? Let's say ever. Yeah. I'm not a drug dealer, so don't give me a ticket. And the officer shakes his head and kind of looks down and looks back at you and says, listen, I don't care how many laws you haven't broken. You're guilty of this one. You broke this one, and so you're guilty. Now, we, we can sit there and, and try to rationalize some things, as, as we do. I'm sure that there's some of you, if I were to ask you how many of you have attempted to try to get out of a ticket, there'd probably be more hands go up than we would maybe feel comfortable with. Um, but at the same time, this analogy and this idea of us trying to you know, justify ourselves there by talking about what we didn't do as opposed to what we have done, when you think about this in terms of the law, uh, when it comes to what is considered the law in Scripture, this is a really, really great parallel because if you're trying to show that you're in the right by keeping the law rather than by accepting grace, 
then breaking the law in even one point means that you're guilty. Regardless of how many good things you've done, because we try to heap up our good deeds, yeah? We try to heap up our good deeds and say, well, look at all these good things that I've done. They they outweigh the bad things that I've done, or those things aren't as bad as as these things, and we, and we play this game of trying to, to balance the scales, and, and at the end of the day, there's no scale. <laughs> we try to think that there is, but there's not, and we fool ourselves when we think about freedom if this is our version of it. If this is our version of it, we're fooling ourselves because this, this illustration works when it comes to our life with Jesus. You know, as, as Americans... Coming into this week, July 4th and all of that, we, we like to think about freedom and we toss the word freedom around a lot and with good reason. It's a value and, and a principle that our country was founded on and all of those things and it is something that we you know, believe in and pursue and, and all of that, absolutely. Um, but you know, as followers of Jesus, first and foremost, by the way, and we're gonna talk more about that next week, but we, we are followers of Jesus first before we're anything else, first and foremost, I fear that we forget about the freedom that we have in Jesus. And we misplace maybe that idea of freedom with what freedom in Christ really looks like. So let me, let me start with this. So let's, let's, let's talk about what freedom is not for a minute. Freedom is not doing whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. We think that that's what freedom is, but that's not really what freedom is. Freedom is not doing whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. For example, I was free yesterday to not put sunscreen on my face and my head, and I'm free to now say that you can't really tell where my neck starts and my shirt uh, begins because I got fried at a water park yesterday with my family. Um, And I was free to do that, and I'm paying the consequences for that today in terms of my head stinging and you being able to potentially fry an egg on my head um, right now. But freedom is not doing whatever we want to do whenever we want to do it. It's not about entitlement either. Freedom is not about entitlement or, or happiness. Even our founding fathers knew that because it says we can pursue happiness, right? The pursuit of happiness. It doesn't mean it's automatic that we can pursue that. It's also not dependent on your circumstances, True freedom in Christ is not dependent on your circumstances. And we're going to look into that here in in a few minutes. Freedom, it is a precious gift from Jesus. Freedom is a precious gift from Jesus. and, And it is one to be celebrated, as we will as a nation, that we celebrate freedom. But celebrating our freedom in Christ, in some ways, is what we celebrate, or should be at least, every single time we get together as believers is we're celebrating the freedom that we have in Christ by every person who is free in Christ. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Galatians today. Uh, If you have your physical Bible or your digital Bible, flip there or scroll there. You can also follow along uh, on the Bible app if you have that. uh, Go into the Bible app, search for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and you'll be able to follow along with me right there. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and Paul is writing to the church in Galatia who is actually struggling with with this idea of of freedom, and and they're getting their priorities mixed up in terms of what this looks like and what this really looks like 
as far as Jesus is concerned. And so I want to start right at the beginning of the chapter in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And this really sets the stage for what we're going to look at today. So here's what it says. So Christ has truly set us free. And there's a lot in that one statement right there. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Okay, this entire verse is what we're going to unpack the rest of the morning. To make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. See, because of Jesus, we are free from sin. We are free from death. We are free from the legalism of earning our righteousness by our performance. And we all try to do that in some way, shape, or form, whether we want to admit it or not. We try to perform enough for God and hope that that balancing act works. But see, because of Jesus, we are free to walk as children of God in the power of God's spirit. And that's the difference. And so what do we mean when we say freedom? When we say freedom as a follower of Christ, what, what does that look like? How, how do we make sure that we stay free and that we don't get tied up again? That's, that's really the, the question that, that's being begged right here. And so Let's start with this, because I think first we need to acknowledge what we are free from. So the first, the first one that we're going to look at is freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. But let me explain what that looks like here, because this is the biggest key to the freedom that we have in Christ. And this is also something that can be misunderstood when we say freedom from sin. It doesn't mean that we will not sin. And anybody that says that that's what that means is probably sinning by telling you that because that's not true. And I have yet to meet the person who's figured out how to not sin. Every single person other than Jesus who has walked this earth has sinned and will sin and will continue to sin. It's in our nature but let me explain what freedom from sin means because there's, there's three categories I want to kind of put this under. Freedom from the penalty of sin. Freedom from the penalty of sin because there is a penalty to sin. We, we know that. The Word of God says that the wages of sin, the payment for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's Romans 6.23. And it, and, and it talks about the penalty of sin because there is a penalty, the consequences of spiritual uh, uh, physical and spiritual punishment that's there because of the sin that we commit. So we are free from the penalty of sin. We're also free from the power of sin. Free from the power of sin. And, you know, our, our desires, our passionate desires, our temptations, the things that, that pull us down, that corrupt our minds, that we all struggle with, they can control us. Those things control us, but through confession and, and through growth and our walk with God over time, evil loses its power. See, there is, there is the power of sin that pulls us. There are things that pull you that don't pull me and vice versa. And we're going to get into that here in, in just a minute. But we're free from the power of sin, and we're also free from the presence of sin. Free from the presence of sin. And here's what I mean by that. As we grow, as we make better choices... In the things that we do and we don't do, where we spend our time, where we don't spend our time, these things, these, these are things of the presence of sin that can pull us down. If we expose ourselves to sin, then we end up in sin. I mean, think about that. It, it, makes, 
it makes a whole lot of sense. And we do this as parents too, parents and grandparents and all of that. We, we tell our kids, essentially, we may not say it this way, but essentially we try to say this, do as I say and not as I do. And then, we, and then we end up wondering maybe why we fall into sin sometimes because we are putting ourselves around sin. So don't be surprised that if you expose yourself to the presence of sin, that you yourself fall into sin. I mean, it just makes sense. If you think that you can go and hang out in the presence of sin, especially if it's something you know that pulls you down and pulls you away from God, don't be surprised when you fall into that. But because of the power that we have, because of the power of the Holy Spirit and the freedom that we have in Jesus, we can be free from the presence of sin in our life because we can make better choices as we grow in our walk with Jesus. We realize we have the power to make better choices and avoid the presence of sin. So we have freedom from the penalty, the power, and the presence of sin, and that is an awesome thing. That is a thing to praise God for. But let's break it down a little bit here. Go down to verse 13, Galatians 5, 13. 13 through 15 says this, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. And that's really the trick there, isn't it? That's where we get stuck. We use our freedom to satisfy our sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. We can bite and devour and chew each other up and, and just rip each other apart, can't we? Good grief, we can, we can do it. See, the goal of our freedom from sin, it's, it's clearly stated here several times, and it really ends up being freedom from sin equals freedom to love. That ends up being the equation that we get from this passage. See, the freedom from sin gives us freedom to love. And, and let's, let's reverse this for a second and think about it. If I'm not free from sin, it's really tough for me to love someone. If I've got something holding me back, if I've got something that I'm not free from, it makes this really, really hard, if not impossible, to do because I'm being chained up as it's talked about as it's talking about in here I'm being chained up by the by the power of sin it's dragging me down and it's keeping me from being able to do what God's called me to do and love is really the word here that encapsulates the entire law as it says not legalism legalism is all truth and no love all truth and no love and then you've got liberalism which is all love and no truth and what Jesus is calling us to is, is the one right in between, speaking the truth in love. And so it's not dependent on law or rules. It's dependent on faith. Verse 13 here encourages us to not use our freedom to satisfy our sinful nature. If we're born again, if we're born again, if we're followers of Jesus, we, we have the spirit of God living within us and we will want to obey God. We will want to obey God even when we're failing because we're still gonna fail 
But even when we're failing, we're going to want to obey God. And, and, and instead, sometimes we try to rationalize our, our, our actions and, and, and we rationalize things to ourselves. But it's not the license to sin mentality. It's not the, oh, well, you know, I'd, I'll, I'll sin and I know God's going to forgive me. And, and so that's fine. And, and while those things are true, if that's our mentality, then I have to question whether we truly, truly are followers of Jesus. Even Paul said it in Romans 6.15. He said, what then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means, he says. He's being sarcastic here. It's like if we're truly followers of Jesus, we're not just going to use this license to sin mentality. If we don't want to obey God and we instead use his grace as like a free pass to do whatever we want, knowing that we'll just be forgiven afterwards, then I have, you know, we have to really question whether we truly know God or not. And if we love him, we will obey him. And we will want to obey him. We will want to obey him. Let's look at verse 16 here. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. This is a, this is a big verse here. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. There's a lot encompassed here in this verse. What what do we, how, do, how do we enact our freedom? Okay, so we, we have freedom from sin. How do we enact it? Well, it says here, let the Holy Spirit guide, guide your life. Well, that sounds great, Jay, but what, is, what does that mean? What, is, what does that really look like? How do we let the Holy Spirit guide? That sounds, that sounds really good from like a, you know, abstract perspective, but what does that really look like, letting the Holy Spirit guide your life? Well, let, let me ask you this, and this is something that, that I've, I've taught before, and hopefully you remember, if you don't, you may be hearing this for the first time. How do we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives? Well, what are the ways that God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit? There are three main ways that God speaks to us and the Holy Spirit speaks to us. If you don't remember what those are, I'm going to tell you here in just a second. But hopefully you know what those are. The first would be prayer. God speaks to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through prayer. So let me ask you this. How's your prayer life? The Holy Spirit, God speaks to us through prayer. The second would be God's word. We're in God's word right now. We're spending time in God's word. I hope and pray my prayer before this service every week is that the Holy Spirit will speak to each and every one of us through his word today and, and open your eyes and my eyes to maybe something that I haven't seen before and, and grow us. And so through his word, so we've got prayer got through his word, the Holy Spirit speaks to us and talks to us and, and moves us forward through his word. And then what's the third one? Anybody know? Other godly people. Other godly people or community. Christian community, we'll say. Okay? Because it's not just any old person. All right? It, like we need to make a wise decision here. Um, other godly people who, who can speak into your life. You, this idea is the premise and the base the underline of why we truly believe and push things like life groups and community. It's why we say we connect, connecting people to Christ, community, and purpose. Life groups and, and, and other things like that where we can get together because we're not meant to do this on our own. And when we try to do it on our own is when we come up short. When we're not getting involved in Christian community is where we come up short because we're not going to be fully tapped into what God has to say to us if we're just trying to do this all on our own and figure this out all on our own. Prayer and God's word 
are, are great, absolutely, and I'm not diminishing the, the power of those things by any stretch, so don't misunderstand me there, but to add that piece of Christian community into that, wow, that's when you really like take the next step. All three of those things are things that, where, where God will use those things to talk to you and speak to you and, and move you in a powerful way, and that is letting the Holy Spirit guide you. The only thing that should be controlling us, hear me, look at me, the only thing that should be guiding us is the Holy Spirit. The only thing that should be influencing us, the only thing that should be uh, moving us in any direction at all, controlling us ever, is the Holy Spirit, period. And we let other things creep in and control us. Sometimes they're physical, sometimes they're, they're not. Sometimes they're emotional, sometimes they're, they're, they're various things. And so when it is something else, it's more than likely sin. If something else is controlling us, it's more than likely sin. And, that, and that's everything from uh, our, our opinions to, our, to, to the way that maybe we're being controlled in other ways to the things that are, um, are pulling us in, in terms of temptations and sins and all of that. All of the, to, to substances. Let's, let's just be, let's be honest there. Let's, let's go off, off that train for just a quick second, to the, to the things that we put into our bodies that maybe control our minds that shouldn't be. Here is biblical evidence for why we shouldn't. So what do you mean when we say that? When we say, what kinds of things? Can we be a little more specific than that? You might be like, Jay, can we be more specific? Yes. Yes, we can. In fact, Paul got very specific here if you jump down to verse 19, I'll read this. I hope you're ready for this. If you haven't read this before, you'll be like, wow, that's in the Bible? Yep. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Yes, partying is in the Bible. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's about as clear as that can be. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Pretty interesting when you read it all in context together, isn't it? So what happens if our selfish desires control us? If our selfish desires control us? Sin. These, these things and others like it, as it says. This isn't an exhaustive list. It's pretty thorough. Well, let me just ask you this tough question here for a second. Do you see yourself anywhere in that list? I do. I see myself in that list various stages of my life and even moments of my life now, yesterday, if I'm being honest with you. So let's be honest with ourselves here. And these aren't in a list of best to worst, by the way. You may notice these, these things that are listed, they're, they're kind of all over the place because we like to, to weigh and measure and say, oh, this sin is like the worst. And, but this, eh, it's kind of, 
You know what I mean? And we do that, like I did with that story at the very beginning, you know? Oh, officer, at least I haven't killed anybody. And we do that, but look, think about this list here. You've got envy, drunkenness, lust, and selfishness, all in the same list. Some of these, maybe on a, on a, in your mind, maybe on a different weight scale for you. But you know what? They're all together in the Word of God. They're all together. And all of these things can control us. All of these things can control us. Some of us very like legitimately physically, some of them emotionally, some of them spiritually, some of them, I mean, you tell me, I hope, I hope that the Holy Spirit right now is maybe talking to you in, in some way, shape, or form about where you find yourself there. Maybe not where you find the person sitting next to you or two seats down from you or whatever. Let's, let's think about ourselves here for just a minute because this is a great measuring stick. This might feel like a little bit of a punch in the gut and that's okay. This is a great measuring stick for our day-to-day actions and choices. And we all need help in this because we're, none of us are gonna get this right all the time. None of us are gonna get this right all the time. This is a process. I said a few weeks back, it's, it's progress, not perfection. Remember, God's not expecting perfection from you. Should we strive for it? Absolutely, we should strive for it. But God's not expecting perfection from us, but he is expecting and wants us to make progress. And so it's progress, not perfection that we're looking for. But our, our desires lead us down a path to do things that chain us up and hold us back and keep us dragging along. But the fruits of the Spirit, as it says right here, the fruits of the Spirit, these are the things that are produced when we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. And I love here at the end that there is no law against these things. Have you ever known of of somebody being like, boy, I wish they would arrest that person for being just way too kind or peaceful or boy, he was just way too patient. Throw him in jail. I mean, like go down the list. I know you could probably make some qualms in other directions and I get that, but I I think you smell what I'm stepping in here. The, The idea of this, this freedom that we have in Christ this freedom that we have to make a difference in our world. And, but more specifically, we're not gonna make a difference in our world unless that difference is made here in us. And the Holy Spirit guiding our life and guiding us away from those things that control us and hold us back and guiding us toward the things that aren't. That's the difference. And it brings me to another freedom that we have. And it's freedom from ourselves. Freedom from ourselves. See, one of the freedoms that we receive in Christ is freedom from ourselves. Freedom from ourselves. We, we get in our own way and we battle ourselves. We battle ourselves quite often. I, I believe, actually, just as much as we battle the enemy. I think there's times where we blame the problem on Satan and the problem might actually be us. But our sinful nature, it leads us only to death. It leads us only to death. And, and it's a pattern that, that we've seen through the verses that we've already read, but you know, with, with the spirit of, of God in our lives, he's guiding us toward becoming the best version of ourselves and who God intended us to be with our personalities there to begin to produce the fruit of the spirit in this world. Look at verse 24 and 25. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the spirit, 
Here it is. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In every part of our lives, let us follow the Spirit's leading. See, the things that, are, that were listed there, among others, they're the things that lead to death. Those things lead to death, which is something else that we are free from because of Jesus. We are free from death. We have freedom from death, freedom from fear. And these things are included when it comes to freedom from our, ourselves. It's part of our sin nature. But the power of the cross that, that gives us freedom from those things gives us freedom to live because we have freedom to live. We don't just have freedom from sin and death and, and, and legalism. Freedom is not a license to do whatever we want. True freedom comes with the responsibility to choose wisely whom or what we will serve and that impacts other people. We have the freedom to live in Jesus. We have freedom to live as, as Christ lived, as, as a loved and empowered child of God, because we have access to God through the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in, in 2 Corinthians here. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the Spirit is living in each and every one of us who are followers of Jesus, and there is freedom in that. And our freedom gives us the ability to love God and the ability to love other people sincerely because I don't know if we really can do it on our own. See, freedom is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. Think about that. Think about that. Freedom is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. And that someone is Jesus. That someone is Jesus. And, and the presence of Jesus in your life your heart and your mind bring together the only true freedom that, that we can really have that matters and the only true freedom that cannot be taken away because our freedoms as Americans can be taken away, but the freedom that I have in Jesus never can be. Our freedoms can, can possibly be taken away from military or whatever or however you want to look at that. And this isn't a political statement. This is a kingdom statement. But my freedom can never, my freedom in Jesus can't be taken away by anyone. Can't be taken away by anyone because it's a gift from God. They were purchased with the blood of Jesus and his presence because he is alive and well. It gives us the ability to drop the weights, to drop the backpacks of this world right? And to be free. And to truly be free to live. His presence is going to help us overcome sin and ourselves and truly live as he intends us to live. And that's an amazing thing. And that's why the connection point for today, as, as we look at this, is a very simple statement that quite frankly gets me fired up and gets me excited because it is this, in Christ, we are free. And this is something to celebrate, that we are free because of Jesus. We are truly free. In Christ, we are free from earning our righteousness, which we're never going to be able to do by the law. We are free to walk in the spirit of Jesus. See, freedom is the presence of Jesus in our life. Freedom is the presence of Jesus in our life because when he is present, listen to me, it informs everything, everything that we say and do. 
It should inform everything that we say and do. It makes an impact on every choice and every decision that I make when we realize and recognize the presence of Jesus in our lives, even on Thursday at 3.30. Not just today. Not just in a few minutes when we dismiss. Not just while we're singing the next song that we're going to sing or whatever that might be doing when we're in our Christian bubble, but realizing that true freedom exists for us anytime, everywhere that we are. And when we recognize that, when we remember that, that informs our decision-making and we grow in a way that allows us to live free. And I think that there's some of us here that maybe are feeling chained up by the sins in our life that you need to let go of. We stand with me? We're gonna do something a little bit different. If you, if you just stand and then bow your head for just a second while the band comes up here. Because as they come up and we prepare to, to go out of here with worship, I want us to just take a minute, in all honesty, forget about the person next to you, forget about, forget about any of that other stuff, and I want you to just focus on yourself for just a quick second, just, just a conversation with you and God for a minute. Let me just ask this question. Have, have you been walking in the freedom of the Spirit of God consistently? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Maybe there are some areas of your life that need to be chained up or that, or that have been chained up that, that you need to be free from in the Spirit of God. Maybe you've not fully embraced the freedom that we have in Jesus. And maybe you need to receive Jesus for the first time because you are feeling chained up by the sin in your life. Maybe something on that list, maybe something else. But you know what? There's no weight or degree to sin to God. Sin is sin, and all sin separates us from him. All sin, regardless of how, how worse or not worse you think it really is. Sin is sin. And there may be some sin that's binding us up, chaining us back from really walking in freedom. If that's you today, if you need to receive Jesus for the first time today, maybe it's never really made sense to you until today. I would love to talk with you, pray with you. Please see me either down here or head to the orange wall. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you about that. If you're watching online, you can go to connectchurch.xyz next, and you can find out more about what that really looks like because there is freedom that only comes from trusting in what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross, and that is something to celebrate. And so today is a day to celebrate the freedom that we have in Jesus because while this earthly freedom that we have, it's imperfect, it will fall away, but freedom in Christ is perfect and it is eternal. Father, I thank you so much that we have freedom in you. And Lord, as we worship, as we celebrate, God, remind us of that. Help us to walk out of here today walking in freedom because you've come, you, you, you died, you paid the penalty for each and every one of us. You rose again on the third day and you're coming back to get us one day, Lord, and you did it so that we could have freedom from the sin in our life and freedom to live and walk in victory because of you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just continue to meet with us right now as we praise and worship and celebrate the fact that we have been set free. In Jesus' name, amen.